Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. It is time for our first foreign film of the year with the Korean movie Warning, Do Not Play from 2019, also known as Amjian, which I think means warning because it's too Mm. short to be warning, do not play. Sure. Well, and all through the movie, you know, it's about, it's a movie about a movie. So the movie in the movie is called Warning. You say that, but in fact, my last note about this movie is this is a film about making a film about making a film about making a film. (laughs) It's the inception of filmmaking. And all of that is true and very clear in the movie. It's it's not really one of those like trippy, weird, complicated movies, Mm -hmm. but it is really about all of those layers. That's pretty awesome. It's kind of weird. It's been a while since we've done a movie because I went on vacation for a week to visit my family. You did do that. Which means, since that was my first time out of the house in three years (laughs) since COVID... I also then spent the next week sick, which you might be able to hear in my voice. So, I didn't have COVID, everybody. It's just a cold. But I did make him stay locked in the spare room for like a week after he got home. Because I... She did. Do not want to catch a cold. This was like a horror movie. It was like misery, basically. She would come and hand me food through a slot in the door. And (laughs) anyway, the point is, we watched this movie separately... In our separate rooms and took notes at the same time. Yes. Which is weird. I mean, really, it wasn't that much different because we don't talk during these. We don't not much. share our thoughts during these we try movies not while to. we're watching. We take our notes on separate sides of the couch. But yeah, Korean film. We watched it with subtitles. And this was a Shudder original. Which, oh, that's right. My friends, if you like horror movies and you don't have Shudder... You probably should get it, even if you just get it for, like, the month of October each year. Mm, It's super worth it. It has lots of movies on it. Like, lots of ones that you won't see on other streaming channels. Hashtag sponsored. I wish. (laughs) Uh, No, it's worth it. It's super worth it. In fact, it's so it it has so many good movies on it that we actually just have it year-round now. Well... I mean, yeah, because our podcast is year-round now, so there's good reason. It's part of our very important brand. (laughs) It's our brand. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about with this movie, because it is a Korean film, I was trying to pay very close attention to the storyline and see how the plot broke down, because I am always fascinated by the differences between like Western storylines and the like three-act or five-act structure that they tend to follow, compared to the four-act structure that is very common in Eastern storylines, in in Asian storylines. That is a very deep thought. Right? I was trying to be all smart and stuff. 
Did you find it? Did you see the difference? I don't know, because full disclosure, despite <laughs> the amount of writing that I have done and, and the way that I call myself a writer at times, I don't actually know much about the, like, rules of writing. I am hard-pressed to identify the plot points in Western stories, and those are the ones that I've seen my entire life. Yeah. Um, that's our. That's also our brand, by the way. Not really knowing what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking that about. That is definitely our brand. Um, but here's the thing. I did see places where I'm like, oh, I sort of think this is where this happens, or mm -hmm. it could be where this happens. So that was sort of interesting. There's there's like the four pieces, the intro, the development, the twist, and the conclusion. Hmm. And I did, like, I kind of marked on my notes, like, points where I feel like it switched from one to the other. And I would be really curious to have somebody who knew what they were doing look at it and be like, no, this is totally wrong. But it would be fun. Um, the thing that I noticed, though, is that there is also a significant amount of Western storytelling in this movie or that I sure. could identify. And I think it was intentional. And I want to go into that later. That's part of my, like, when we finished this movie and I told you I have so many smart yes. things to say. You said pseudo smart is what you said. Uh, yeah, that's more accurate. That That's our yeah. brand. That is our brand. Pseudo smart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into that as we go along. So what is this story about, first of all, beyond being a, about a movie making a movie making movie? This is the story of a a screenwriter who doesn't have a good idea for her next thing. Relatable. And somehow, like. I forget who even tells her about it, but somebody tells her how there's this movie that got made that scared people so much they ran out of theater and one had a heart attack, which that is a, a I'm pretty sure a real thing that happened in like the seventies in America. There was some movie where someone had a heart attack and they're like, Oh, we're putting that on the poster <laughs> and B not that dramatic. You know, it's like people got upset about the movie and ran out and whatever. Like it's, yeah. It's not like it's not what you expect from this kind of thing. It's not like the ring where everyone who watches this keels over dead in a week. No, it's just one person had a heart attack and other people ran away. I mean, to be fair though, as you get further in, it it, it does get more like the ring. Yeah. Where like it's not just a heart attack. You're being possessed by I guess. the ghost of a director. Although later on I was like is there some kind of weird time loop happening? Like, is I, she the director who is right. the ghost? Like, is she inspiring herself? How there does was, that happen? There was definitely a feeling like that, but then that wasn't what was happening, I don't think. So it was just not as interesting as it should have been. Like, that stuff should have been happening. Right. I mean, the idea that she didn't have an idea and got inspired by the ghost of a director who, you know, whatever, something terrible happened to her. And then it turns out that she, that was her and she's dead or not or reincarnated or like there were sure. so many options. Yeah. But it wasn't any of those things. I don't think so. I, and I don't think it was a director. It was the actress, right? Who 
No, it was a director. Maybe it was an actress? I thought the actress was... Why would she be getting ideas from the actress? Not getting ideas, just that that's the ghost who was killing everybody. I thought Soon... I thought Soon Mi was a director, but I could be very wrong about that. Oh, I thought it was the actress, so... I mean, it... Yeah, I have no idea. I, I think I was making assumptions. Like, I don't have any reason for thinking that. I, like, I, I can't say, oh, specifically it said that here or there. I just... That was the idea that I had, and I don't know uh, where I got it from. I thought they said in the movie that they said, oh, an actress burned to death in this oh, place. and They probably did, and I missed it. it. Pseudo smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so somebody burned to death while making one of the layers of the movie. The, fir- the bottom layer. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the story she was told wasn't that layer. But let's start at that layer. At the bottom layer, a movie was being made and the place they were making it burned down mm-hmm. and killed this woman who is now a ghost mm-hmm. and possibly a director or an actor. And she then, I don't know, possesses people or just murders people, whatever. You know what ghosts do. Well, like people keep coming to this space because they want to make horror films. Or they want to record it for whatever reason. And then when they get there, she possesses them and makes them die in ways. Yeah, so so that she's the bottom layer. Then the next layer is Jae-hoon. He wants to make like a Blair Witch movie. And he's like, ooh, a scary place would be this place that burned down because, you know, they say there's a ghost. I don't know if he actually thought there was a ghost at the time, but it was a scary place. Right, it was a place where people died. Yeah, and so he made the movie there. And that's where people really died, like ghost-wise. Like his whole crew got murdered by the ghost straight up. Mm-hmm. And except for him. And he then edited that footage together and created an evil movie. Right, right. And that's the movie Mi Jung is trying to track down for the entire movie. Oh, that's the movie where people ran out of the screening and someone yes. had a heart attack and died. And then she's trying to track it down so that she can, as far as I can tell, straight up plagiarize it. Yes, that's like my first note was how uncreative is she that she needs more details than a ghost made a movie and watching it scared people to death. Right? Like, uh, do you need more info than that? One of my first notes before I really understood what was going on was, yeah, don't plagiarize from ghosts. <laughs> yeah. This is a bad plan. I didn't even think about the fact that she's <laughs> fully trying to, she's like, no, I need it. I need the whole thing laid out for me. I'm going to copy it exactly. Basically, like, uh, yeah. I, I don't even know that she was going to remake the movie. She was just going to, like, recut it because <laughs> nobody else had seen it. And the people who didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, that saves a lot of time. Yeah. It was, it was, um, she was definitely trying to cut some corners. But that was part of the, like, overall theme of the movie, which then comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, there was sort of a Western theme there of selfishness and, like, a need for attention, mm-hmm. which... I felt, and this could totally be me bringing this in, I felt was kind of the point of the movie. Uh-huh. Was like, all of this is inappropriate. In fact, there were parts about it... Okay, so during the during what I thought was the development phase, I'm like, okay, so the Pandora's box has been opened at this point. We know that this movie exists. She found it. Mm-hmm. And all of that. And I was like, okay, so right now, this movie is basically saying... 
all of the curiosity that she had and the wanting to have answers and the challenging the authorities who have very clearly said no one should see this movie like yeah. for the good of the society this has to be locked up and it is banned from all people and she is running around being like I need to see it. We need to have information. I need to copy it. And basically, the entire movie is about how her independent thinking is going to get people killed. Hmm. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) interesting. Because almost all American movies have the exact opposite message. Yeah, that's true. Our storylines are the opposite of that. That we are all about finding information that authorities have been hiding and bringing it to light. Yes, and that takes them down immediately. (laughs) Yes. So that was, I just thought that was so interesting that like, because I was looking at it and trying to see like in Asian films in particular, they tend to not be about an individual it's more about like a group of people and the mm-hmm. common good and this movie was so much about this one person and i was like well that's an yeah. interesting twist and then i realized oh but it's saying she's bad for what she's well doing. and she is kind of the villain of the movie even yeah. though she's the protagonist like there's a part where she goes to like this film archive kind of place and she's talking to the guy there and he's like oh yeah we've got the movie here and she's like well give it to me and he's like i can't do that you know it's mm-hmm. not allowed and she tricks him into like going into the other room and makes a copy of she couldn't get the movie but like the data about the movie so she can go find out I, I think like to find the director. Oh, yeah, there's a clip. Yeah, that's when she gets to see the clip for the first time. Yeah. Well, and when you think about like the really well-known Asian movies or movies that are based on Asian movies, like The Ring and I'm blanking on the names of any, but I know we've watched numerous of them that are like this, where there's some form of media yeah. that then possesses or somehow is dangerous to the common good because it spreads like an infection. Yeah. And they are always very much like, we have to cut it off. And then the problem is that somebody decides not to do that. When you <laughs> think about where we are today in the world, in this country, yeah. because when people were told, hey, what if we stopped the spread of this thing that was killing people? <laughs> And more than 50% of our population was like, screw that. No, you can't make me stop getting sick. I want to be sick. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, so fun. Yeah. But it was strange that then the movie kind of follows this investigation, which is like, you know, it's kind of a trope, this dogged journalist investigating a story, except uh, she goes, you know, to all the different sources and she's got to know and she needs to know and she has to figure it out. But she's not a journalist. She's trying to write a story and she already has the gist of the story. Like, what more do you want? But yet she's doing this, risking her life and going to all lengths to get this video. It's very strange. It's like they forgot what the movie was about. And they're (laughs) like, well, this is how you proceed to investigate things. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there were reasons why she needed to see the whole thing so that she could. Maybe it was like, you know. Like the original director, she was being mildly possessed, Maybe. obsessed with it. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I kept thinking of her as the hero of the movie and then having to remind myself that, that is not the role that she was playing. 
Like she wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't actually being portrayed as intrepid. Like I was yeah. in, I was interpreting it. She was being portrayed as a troublemaker. She was a troublemaker for um, sure. She could have been, she could have avoided all of this by just using her own imagination. Yeah. There's your lesson. Yeah. Don't plagiarize from ghosts. I'm telling you. She drank a lot of beer. I think, I think it was beer. It looked like beer. Yeah. The, the aluminum cans. Can. Like, obviously I couldn't read it because it was in Korean, but drink and bottles too, I guess it, in almost every scene she had a beer. <laughs> well, once point. again, they're trying to portray her as bad. They're like, she's a drunk and she's going around <laughs> doing Western, all this. Tried, they were trying to portray her as an American. <laughs> That that could be. (laughs) No regard for the common good and drinking beer all the time. (laughs) Yes. So I wasn't sure if it switched from the introduction into the development stage at the point where she was hiding in the bathtub because she had seen the clip and like she was already sort of being haunted by it. Yeah. Or if it wasn't until she actually, because at that point she then went looking for the hard copy of the film and found it in the previous director's Hmm. gym bag or whatever that was like, was that the point where the introduction ended and development started? But I sort of think it was the, I I sort of think it was the bathtub scene and actually finding the film was part of the development of the story. Yeah. I don't know. The ghostly, whatever hauntings and possession and whatever were so unclear in here. Like Mm -hmm. at one point, She's seeing a bloody razor blade in her bathtub, mm-hmm. which is a reference to the fact that she had slit her wrists as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like, well, what okay, was so that? That brings up an interesting thing because they both, I don't know if previous iterations had it, but, but they both had instances where they had really rough childhoods and then found horror films, American mm. horror films, it was one that I recognized. I was like, Did they oh, mention The Shining at one point? Maybe it was The Shining? I don't know. But they he was talking about how horror films saved his life. And as he was telling her about that, because it like gave him his purpose or whatever, mm-hmm. as he was telling her about that, she was having the flashbacks to the times when she tried to end her own life. Because clearly, like it didn't go into the details, but like clearly she was unhappy too. Yeah. And then like in her hospital ward or somewhere they were playing a horror movie on the TV. And so it was like sort of that parallel of it also gave her purpose. So they kind of had this same, the same development throughout their lives, which was interesting. But then also like, I wasn't sure how it tied into everything else because then that all ends up backfiring on them in in like big, ugly ways. I mean, it's just how she's, I, she's connected to him. She's kind of the same. She's repeating all his mistakes, and I don't feel like she learned anything. <laughs> no, she definitely didn't. And because he very clearly, like around that time when she finds the the movie in his bag and like steals it from him, basically, he is telling her like he he says something like like living in horror is worse than death. So yeah. like that's kind of a paraphrase of what he said. Because we should explain the director she finds, the director of the middle movie, uh, Jay Hyun, he is the only survivor. All of his crew was killed and right. he edited the movie together. And since then he's been a recluse and he's obviously crazy and he's just like, 
Well, he's being haunted. Okay, yeah, by, he's just I don't know permanently if it's by messed what he up. Did or if he's actually being haunted by this ghost that died in the fire yeah. or what? But well, that was a, a theory I had at one point. I'm like, is he just a murderer? Like, did he just kill his whole crew and make this movie? And now we think there's a ghost, and that could have been really cool. But no, it wasn't that. No, but it wasn't entirely that. But he did kill his old whole crew like he not himself but okay. like like he knew that there was a danger he yeah. set them up yeah. to die basically like i, I don't think, know that i he... think because he was possessed or haunted or whatever at that point sure okay okay i'll give him that <laughs> but then he also consciously chose to use that footage yeah for financial gain and i think that is where it really pulls together <laughs> and is, you know, that was more of the, oh, this is a dig at American culture. This movie hmm. is a dig at American That's culture. pseudo smart. Because both of them end up making the decision that they are going to profit off of the horrible thing that is happening. Yeah. So that they can get money and they can get fame and attention and like avoid, you know, she's doing it because they're like, you have this deadline and we need a story from yeah. you and she's had a writer's block or whatever. And she's like, I guess I'll just use the horrific deaths of these other people yeah. to get myself out of trouble. Like it's, it's so pointed at that <laughs> point. Yeah. And interestingly though, Jaehyun has turned around. He made the movie, tried to profit off of it. One person had a heart attack, and since then, he's basically locked it down, and he's like, no one can see this, and he's like the keeper of this movie and won't let it out. So he's fighting. He's trying to, you know, not continue that. And she's like, no, no, let me have it. I, I want to I want to bring this out. Right. Well, and that's where, okay, so I, I sort of felt like the reveal that he, that this thing had happened, and that then he had decided to profit off of it, like that he had made that choice. I felt like that was the twist piece mm -hmm. of the storyline. And then the conclusion was him realizing that that was a bad thing to do and trying to undo it. And her coming in and just being <laughs> like, nah, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And she gets the movie. She apparently gets a big budget and remakes the movie. Yeah. And the film, I, unfortunately, it's been a couple of days. I don't remember how it goes down, but she it, the movie ends with a screening of her movie. The screening of her movie, but then like, isn't there another fire or something? Because her best friend, like her, the, there's like this side character who's uh, yeah. supporting her through the whole movie. I and never just figured out him, his name. <laughs> I didn't either. You just kind of see him kind of come in and out, but he's super supportive of her. Yeah. And in... The screening, like, I think there's another fire because he, like, tries to go in to save her. Like, he thinks she's in this burning building and he tries to go in and save her and he dies. And she's outside in, like, the car or something. Oh. Like, and that's the part where I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so terrible. She's making the exact same decision because her best friend has just died yeah. trying to save her. And she's like, you know what? That'll look really good in my film. Yeah. And she, like, puts it in the story and profits off of this horrific thing. Yeah. And just, like, continues the cycle of greed. Yeah. but So so that happened at the in the filming of her movie. And then we see the screening of her movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. 
I don't know. I guess the screening goes well and she gets rich. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I sure. Know. I don't remember if I anything mean, terrible happened at that point. I feel like at that point, it's just, it's firmly enough established that this doesn't go well. Yeah. That I was like, oh, pe- more people are going to die. Yeah. I, I may be misremembering, but I think that like the crowd was like running out of the theater. It was the kind of mm. the same idea mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. as she's sitting there just by herself and they're all running out. So it's the same idea that, you know, this was too horrible for anyone to see. Yeah. Okay. So here, I just realized I have a note too. There's another thing. The whole thing about film saving her life comes back because at the end, when she's being chased by the ghost recording it, yeah, and like taking pictures because yeah, I don't know for how some she reason, was making taking a movie pictures. because she was only taking still pictures the <laughs> yeah, whole time. Yeah, like she didn't have a video camera; she had a camera camera. Yeah, um, but like taking pictures and like the flash and everything was what stopped the ghost from killing her. Yeah, so like it, it was you know that whole horror movie save my life thing coming back in another way. Yeah, but then to what end? So that uh. she could create a bad movie and hurt people yeah, i don't yeah there was a lot and soon me the the ghost yeah she was real angry yeah i don't even know <laughs> why was, like it was an accident relax she got hanged was it well, an accident uh, my thought on that was that that was part of the movie like she wasn't actually being oh. hanged she was just left there well okay she, she should be well, like so it was like a stunt that went yeah wrong. so like well, no, because it was a fire. I don't know what caused the fire, but like, I think she was just stuck in the rope of, of a fake hanging while the place burned down. Everyone ran out and she couldn't get out because she was stuck in this rope and she burned up. Maybe. She definitely used hanging as the way to kill people, though. Like, she, yeah. that was what she did. She like terrorized you and then she, what is it, garroted you. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, she was very, very angry and. Like, about halfway through the movie is when it really started, maybe a little bit further, was where it really started getting more violent because she became, you know, they were in her space and she was attacking them and you were, like, seeing it. She did some pretty horrible things, like shoving pipes in people's mouths and stuff. Yeah, that was back in the filming of the middle movie. She murdered the crew with stabbing them with pipes and things. And that was that was the interesting part where it seemed like there was kind of a time loop where Mi Jung was there. She had gone to this place where it had been filmed and she was checking it out. And she was seeing these murders happen in front of her like they were really there. And for a minute, she's like, wait, can you see me? Because it looked like the guy was talking to her, but he wasn't. It was the ghost coming towards him from where she was happened to be standing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a weird thing where it was almost a school time overlap, but it wasn't. Yeah. Instead, it just moved on to the point where eventually she would be the one hiding her film from somebody else, yes. telling them that living a horror film was a bad thing. Or maybe she's not hiding it and she's just the world premiere and she's a trillionaire. Maybe. Hooray. Maybe. Yeah. Something that I read about Eastern horror films is that they do not have happy endings. Well, horror films are not supposed to. Okay, but Western horror films, about 50-50 will have, like, you know, you'll have your final girl or whatever. Uh Because that's the thing that we crave as an audience is what we've been taught to crave is, like, but you have to win over evil in the end. Like, that's... 
that's the satisfying ending. Yeah. And that they don't do that. They don't do that at no. all. They just set up like this is just an ongoing cycle of horror that will never end. <laughs> yeah, that's that's often the plot. Yeah. Ratings. As always, I struggle a little bit to rate this movie because I am very aware of how much I didn't understand of it. Not so much in just the plot. Like, there were things I was confused about with the plot that I think I could figure out if I watched it a few more times and, like, you know, got all the pieces. Because it's a complicated storyline. Yeah. But being that it is a Korean film and all the, you know, backgrounds and all the text in the movie and everything is in Korean, which I don't read, I know that there are subtleties to this movie that... I am missing that I would have picked up on if it were in a language that I understood, you know, like even just, she was drinking things all the time. Like I made the assumption, (laughs) but maybe I'm totally wrong about that. And it was something else. Like it's just supposed to show she has a sugar addiction because it's like soda all the time or whatever. Like there's those little things about character development and like nuance that you miss when you can't read like, the movie poster that they decided to put in the background or, you know, whatever little things. Yeah. And, and that always makes me feel like, I don't know that, that I, I know I missed things. So then it's unfair for me to rate it because I'm not rating it on all the information, but whatever, here you go. Here we go. I liked the complexity of it. I definitely thought that they did a good job with the horror stuff. And again, I say this all the time when we watch foreign films, But watching horror from the perspective of a different culture is scarier to me because I don't know what to expect. Yeah. So I liked that aspect of it. I think that there were opportunities that were missed, perhaps. And I think that there were some pretty, like, like you pointed out, the the kind of gaping, overarching plot hole of why did she need to see the whole thing to come up with a plot for her own movie? Yeah. That's, that's writer's block for you. I guess. And she just was so desperate that she's like, I don't have time to come up. I don't have time to write a thing. I just need the whole story that I can then present as my own. I can spend two weeks investigating to find out instead of writing. Sit down and write, lady. I don't know. So there were some things where I'm like, I'm not sure if I love the way this story went. But, you know, it was interesting. I'm going to give warning four beatboxing ghosts out of five. And I see your confused face. There was a point, let me see, in my notes. When did this happen? It was shortly after she got the film from him. Um, and he's telling her about how horror films saved his life and whatever. And I have a note, scary beatboxing ghost. So the <laughs> ghost was doing some kind of like noise thing. <laughs> to I me didn't was notice not this. scary at all. It was just like the ghost is like setting down a track for him. <laughs> Oh, man. All Um, right. So, anyway, if you watch this movie, like, listen for the beatboxing ghost about halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give four beatboxing ghosts out of five. Because I I think it is a very solid horror film. I would definitely recommend it for people who like scary things. And it's going to be confusing. Yeah, it is. And that's why I would go a little lower. I think it doesn't quite hang together like it's... I may just not be, you know, understanding things because it's in a different language, but I feel like it didn't it didn't connect all the way with all the th- parts, you know, like you said about why is she investigating mm-hmm. this and and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, 
I enjoyed it, though. I was happy to watch it. So I'll give it three and a half beatboxing ghosts out of five. Okay, that's fair. Do you think people should watch it? I have no objection to people watching it. That's a, a ringing endorsement, if ever well, I heard it's one. It's a far cry from what Jay Hyun felt. He wanted people to never watch his film, and I've, I will say they can go ahead. They, they can watch this. It's very Western of you. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. It may save your life. All right. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. So I don't know if I don't know how to phrase this as a as a hot political tip, but I have a hot political take. Oh, that makes sense. I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. So I guess to me, the overall theme of this movie, whether it was intended or not, <laughs> was don't sell your soul for money and fame. Just don't. Yeah, it's not going to work out. Well, that makes sense. It really made me think about how in our culture, we've sort of reached this point in our de-evolution where anything remotely cooperative is seen, not just seen, is condemned as socialism. Yeah. Anything. And that, I don't even know where to go with that other than that seems to be happening and <laughs> and it might mean the end of us. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, that's the purpose and definition of a society. And yet, we've decided that's not okay. No society is allowed. Yeah. How do we continue as a society in any way, shape, or form if we have decided that the pinnacle of society is every man for himself? Yeah. I don't understand it. It boggles my mind that the people who are in charge and who are making decisions that impact everyone can have that mentality and that A, we're okay with putting people like that in charge... And B, these are smart people who are making decisions. And I'm like, how do you not see that you are actively destroying the thing that puts you in control? Like, there's a there's a lack of longevity in our thinking at yeah, the leadership there level. there has been for a long time. Where they're just like, you know, Mitch McConnell is just like, this will keep me in power for right now. And I'm like, yeah, and you are essentially destroying your entire party from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Like, just rotting it away. How is that good for you? And I mean, I guess in his mind, whatever. He's yeah, it's only lived what's past for his him. expiration date anyway. But, like, I, I don't understand how we have set this thing up where we're like, everything we know about culture and society is that we're doing it wrong. We're like, yeah, but we're going to get a buck for it. Yeah. yeah, but I get to be on TV every day spouting my thoughts. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I see how that connects to this movie. Oh, okay. So anyway, I guess my tip then is... Don't do that. We need to work toward balance of individualism and community and common good. Like, do I want it to be like North Korean? Everyone is being controlled under the guise of common good And no one is allowed to have individual thoughts or delve into things that are being hidden. No, that's the other extreme. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something in the middle. We know there's something in the middle. There are countries all over the world living in that space right now. I don't understand why we're so hell-bent on getting to this extreme that we know know is going to destroy us. 
the reason why we are. I saw a graph of this the other day that the chance of a law being passed by Congress versus the percentage of people who want that law to be passed. Okay. There's zero correlation. It doesn't matter <laughs> if a lot of people want it or if no people want it. So but depressing. here's the second graph of the top 1% of people. If mm. they want it versus the chance it'll be passed mm-hmm. is a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. So the billionaires, the people who obviously have been out for themselves, because how else did they get billions, yes. are the ones deciding everything. Yes, And it's only getting worse because everything they decide gives them more power to decide. Right. So, But again, I go that's back how we to got the here. idea. And I'm sure this is just because this is how my brain works and I don't understand how brains that don't work the same way work, but I don't understand how they can look at that. I mean, I guess it's because they've had generations at this point of things constantly getting better and they're like, they don't, they don't understand that at some point (laughs) that has to stop. Yeah. Well, that's, uh... you know, and it's not like there's examples all throughout history of that tipping point where where the guillotines come out. Exactly. Like, it's not like it just gently swings in the other direction. Like, (laughs) bad things happen at that tipping point, but they're just, like, riding that roller coaster straight to the top. Yeah, well, as long as we don't rise up and tell them otherwise, that's how it's going to be. I guess maybe my political tip this week is rise up. It's time for the guillotines. Fight the power, everybody. All right. So on that happy note. We will see you with a movie next week to distract you from the downfall of society. Yay. Hooray. All right. See you, everybody. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. Who don't represent you. It has the juice. It's corn!